Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. It's the Glitter Boys! Yeah, darling. Welcome back, dear listener, to another episode of The Glitter Boys. I want to give a quick thanks to your patience, dear listeners, as we have sorted some things out in our personal lives. The last couple of weeks, we've both been up to some shit. <laughs> that shit is yeah, more or less in a state, a state that uh, still exists. But here we are we're recording again. Glad to be back at the mics. <laughs> you know, and, th- and that is true. Um, one of the, the hardest things about doing any kind of any kind of creative work in the midst of any kind of like personal life turmoil is just sticking to it, not always making it the thing that gets cut. I record so much and I edit so much and I've got so many games going on and I've got books that I'm working on and a job that I'm doing <laughs> and people that I'm dating. And sometimes when it, when, when shit hits the fan, I have to think what areas of my life am I going to diminish temporarily while I deal with <laughs> mental health? <laughs> and it's yeah. tough. That said, though, we're starting to get some feedback from y'all, and that's really exciting to us. We 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 live for that moment of uh, where you guys come on the Discord and telling us that we're all wrong about this artist or that artist, and uh, we have a question this week. Yeah, this is our first actual listener question response episode. A fellow named Douglas messaged us with the following. Hi, big fan, longtime role player, 30-ish years, still kind of new to the megaverse, only just got back into it. In episode 23, your discussion on skills, how do you deal with a character who doesn't have a proper skill, but still wants to try the task such as hide, prowl, drive, and so on? Yeah. So I, I, I honestly, I have answers for every different system, but for Palladium itself, I'm pretty comfortable with what you do in our games. There's this thing where you're like, okay, do you have anything relevant to the task? It may not be exact, but I mean... You know, if you have repair motorcycle and repair airplane, you might be able to, you know, maybe change a starter on your car. Or, you know, if you have tracking and wilderness survival, you might be able to identify that plant because you've lived here all your life. Or, you know, it's it's just that there are some things where where the parallels happen. But I think a straight roll with with small negatives for small things. I like finding that plant is different than piloting that power armor. So it it really all depends on what you're trying to do. Yeah, the Palladium skill system consists of a truly massive list of skills. Yeah. The actual use of which is largely unexplained. I've, I've <laughs> never once actually seen a set of rules in Palladium that actually explain how to roll your skill checks. There's all kinds of rules on acquiring skills, leveling up your skills, even applying penalties to your skills, but none that I can find that explicitly define how to actually roll them. Like, I've never seen anywhere that says roll percentile dice. It just gives you these skilled numbers, and it's one of these areas of unexplained designer assumption in the Palladium system. Like, you know how to roll that. You know, I think you're right. I, I, it, it, it isn't much of a leap because, you know, there's only so much you can do with your with your percentiles, but yeah, I don't think anyone's ever spelled that out. 
Yeah. Back in the early days of Palladium games, such as in the Mechanoids and in Palladium Fantasy First Edition, and I think in maybe some others before they got to being a little bit more explicit with certain things, they didn't even say what dice you rolled for damage. What they did instead is they would give a number, say, 1 to 6. So 1 dash 6 or 2 dash 12 or 2 dash 20. And they would give this range of damage, but they wouldn't come out and say 2d10. You know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like actual gamers writing a game. And there's, you know, there's there's a lexicon of, of, of assumptions and abbreviations and things like that where a connection will be made to another gamer but not from someone from the outside coming in this is one of those situations where there are assumptions that are as far as i know never actually explicitly defined and since it's difficult if not impossible to find an explicit definition of how to roll your skills if you do have the skill i think it's possible to find something in the rules telling you how to do it by default Rules is written if you don't have the skill. Yeah. And it should be noted that Palladium isn't, isn't D&D. They're not going to write everything. And that's, that's, that's not their gig. That's not their bag. A lot of this, it, of all of them, and especially for such massive tomes that Palladium gives you, there is a lot of, this is for you to play how you play it. Here, here's what you can play, but here's... Your interpretation is welcome, and I, I get that feel. That's that it's uh, it, it's more open ended than most systems. I agree. There's a lot of rulings over rules, which is you know rulings over rules is one of the clarion calls of the OSR movement today. Which is why I'm kind of surprised there aren't more OSR dives into what Palladium does. Hopefully that can be rectified soon, but we'll get that's a whole other topic of discussion, really. (laughs) So for me, there's a few different ways that you can go about doing unskilled checks. I mean, first as a game master, you have to decide is what they're wanting to do even possible? Some actions just don't make sense and cannot be done without having the skill. I mean, if he's a clumsy guy, he's trying to prowl. That's one thing. You know, anybody can try to sneak, even if they suck at it. But if it's an unskilled idiot meathead wanting to perform robot engineering, it's different, man. Any, yeah. <laughs> you know, things have to make sense, in my opinion. Like, even if the rules say, oh, if it's unskilled, you can still try it. I would just come out and say, no, sorry, this is not going to be a situation where you can try that. You need to try and come up with something else to do, you know? Yeah. Now, if, if they do want to do it. And I do say that I'm going to let them do it and at least try. Then I like to think that there's no such thing as just failing when somebody does something unskilled. Uh, This isn't necessarily a replication of the way real life works. But I like the idea that if you don't have the skill and you're still going to try to do it, then if you fail at it, it's going to make things worse. Yeah, that that seems fair, too. So I like to think that if you are unskilled and you fail, you fail hard. So whenever a player wants to do something like this, I like to let them know this up front. I say, look, <laughs> before you decide whether or not you want to do this, understand that if you fail, bad things will happen. I'm not going to tell you what they are, but they could happen. So if they still want to do it, there's so many different ways to do it. Here's something that I put together that I'd like to put out here for you, dear listener, to consider you doing in your games. If you can relate it to a stat, 
then let them roll D100 versus half that stat, you know? Um, so if they're prowling, unskilled, and their physical prowess is 12, give them a 6% chance of success. Uh, if they have additional modifiers, such as prowl penalties from armor, apply those as well, because you don't ignore the penalties. And if that reduces their chances to zero, sorry, no chance. You can't do it. That's interesting to me, because I I think most people have at least at one point in their life tried to move silently. And the reason we're picking prowl is because it was one that was directly referenced yeah. in the question. But, and like, you, you get into the realm where you're thinking heroic versus the people who run the village and and that's that's where i work because that that seems a little draconian to me well honestly like a six percent chance of moving silently before we talk about your armor out of a hundred there's another assumption here that i'm making that i should explain and i you know what my bad mea culpa i should explain my own assumption here my own assumption is you're only going to even need to roll the dice if there's shit on the line that's true the dice, in my opinion, for skill should only be rolled if it's an interesting situation or a stressful situation. Like, if that guy just wants to try and sneak around and it, it's not, like, super important, that's fine. Don't you even need to roll that. Mm-hmm. Do whatever. Let the player just say what happens. But if that guy is trying to sneak through the middle of a battlefield and, you know, bullets are flying around him and he's trying to escape, he's going to have a hard time doing that unless he's got the skill, you know? Right. And you should also take in mind what your target is when when doing things like that. You know, if if you're sneaking up on the the sleepy uh, baker standing watch over the village at night uh, as a quote unquote guardsman, that's not going to be too terribly difficult. Yeah. If that you know baker guardsman is actually a, a CS dog boy with <laughs> nostrils a quiver, it, it it becomes different. So make yeah. it make sure you're taking the 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 situation into it. Yeah, so my assumption for a baseline skill check is you're not just, this isn't just a normal situation when you're doing the skill. You're trying to do something in a stressful situation. So the baseline, without modifiers, is it's a stressful situation. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that could still be kind of draconian. The reason I go with half the stat is to be fair to people who took the skill, because a lot of times skills start pretty low. And let's say you have a character that has a physical prowess of 38, but you didn't take prowl. However, your buddy took prowl, but he still only has it at the base level of like 25 or something. But you still want to try to prowl. So even though your your ability is super high, I still don't think you should be as good as somebody who took the skill at even a basic level. That actually makes a great deal of sense. Uh, we should explore that real fast, though, uh, the, the concept of other people and and helping other people through skill checks. So let's say I don't have any prowl skill, but I'm incredibly dexterous. And NPC here uh, is a wilderness scout, and we're, we're moving through a forest. Now, what I would do personally, if I was running the game, I would say, okay, you are going to be able to move silently if you prepare if you if he goes over your gear and ties down everything that rattles shows you really quickly how to walk and you move at a quarter speed oh yeah i like that always apply some kind of a you know this isn't going to go as a normal skill check you're going yeah. to have diminished results or you're going to have like something yeah i like that i like that a lot that's good yeah uh that yeah. that's how i run it but i've never i I'm sorry, uh, my bona fides are weak. I've never run Palladium. 
<laughs> I've, I've played Palladium, but I've never run it. So, Well, if you do run it and I play in your game, I apologize in advance. <laughs> <laughs> I will probably be that guy and I will try very hard not to. <laughs> um, I'd also say some of it comes down to your OCC or RCC. Mm-hmm. So let's say, let, let's, let's, what were the other ones? There was driving. What, what else did he ask? Oh, 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 uh, looks like hide, prowl, drive, and so on. Okay. So let, let's take driving for an example. If, if, if you're a, let's, let's go with like a, like a rogue scholar or something, mm-hmm. you have so many skills <laughs> and, and you have, you have so much knowledge that it, it can be assumed you can do something at a just, the most basic level you're not firing out the window and hitting anything and you're not you know doing like um, amazing power turns or uh or weird reversals or you know drifting or shifting in in strange ways but you could probably get that thing across town you know if you had to you're you're a smart person again if you're a dog boy and have been raised in a you know a, a militaristic you need to know this and nothing else society that wouldn't apply to you as well you have never been trained on that because your training has been looked after. You're not a generalist. So I, I think the, the base flavor of an OCC should be taken into account when doing skills as well. Agreed. And as a side note, it's fascinating that you mentioned the rogue scholar because we're going to do that dive on our very next episode. And amusingly enough, I have some points to bring up about their skill distribution. Yeah? Yeah. Well, listen to the next episode, dear listener, and you'll you'll find out more. So I kind of went over things, but I know you have something a, a bit more uh, polished how you look at it. So do you want to run through like a scenario? I know Abel used to do this to you often, and we could kind of give a step by step. Well, here are some other options that I have written down of things to do, things to try. I talked about rolling against half the stat. If you can't roll against half the stat if you cannot find an applicable stat and if you as a gm think you know they're going to have a very 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 slim chance but what the hell i'm going to let them roll in anyway Mm -hmm. one of the simplest things to do is say either a one in 100 or a one in 1000 chance those are pretty fun i think in my opinion uh they fail all the time but when they succeed they they just seem so satisfyingly perfect but i have come up with a new idea while preparing for this episode Okay. It is something I've never actually written down. I've been doing it for a very long time, and it actually ties into what you were just asking. Anyway, I've been doing this for a long time, but I've never written it down. I've never given it a name. It's just some kind of a reflexive role that I have always done. And I'm going to be calling it the hand wave die roll. Basically, it works like this. Uh, if a player wants to do a thing, I consider what I know about the character's abilities. If I think... That character should be able to do that easily. Then I just let them do it. No role required. This doesn't require me looking at their skills list. This is me thinking about what do I know about the character and the way that they've been played up to this point in the game. Are they a dog boy or are they a rogue scholar? What's their background? You know, if I can think like the dog boy is probably not going to know much about peasant farming techniques, but the rogue scholar who grew up in a peasant farm may not even have peasant farming as a skill, but he's probably heard something from the people in his village. Yeah. He probably grew up doing it. Yeah. So in that case, if it's, if it's something I think that they should be able to do and it's not a difficult situation and it doesn't step on any other player's toes, then yeah, 
I'm just going to let them do it. Tell me what happens, but let's make it just not the best success. Yeah. If I think it'll be a challenge, then I roll a D30 versus a relevant stat. If it's lower or equal, they succeed. Otherwise, no, and they make things worse. Uh, if I think it's risky, I'll roll a D60. Uh, if you don't have a D60, just use a D6 and a D10. I do have a D60. It's big and metal. I don't roll it on glass tables. And you shouldn't <laughs> either, dear listener. That's rude. <laughs> and if I think it'll be extremely difficult, then I'll roll a D100. Otherwise, if I think it's impossible, but I'm feeling whimsical, again, D1000. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully this answered your yeah. question. But Oh, wait. Sorry. Oh, you got more. All the way back to the beginning of the episode, one thing that I do commonly do if I just don't want to make a call on the fly is find a relevant skill that's similar, as you were saying. You know, Abel often did not have the exact skill that he needed at a certain time, but he would have tangentially related skills and we could work against that, but he'd have a penalty or something. That's kind of the easiest way to do it. If you just don't want to use any weird mechanics, just pick another skill and give it a penalty. Yeah, I would also say you kind of touched on this earlier, but uh, I, I think it deserves to be brought into more light. When when doing this, you don't want to encourage people to do it too often. Oh yeah, no. Especially since the odds are, unless you're playing a, a like a, a cadre of people that are all from the same place doing the same thing with the same training, you're going to have someone who can do it better, and. People need to be brought into the game. They, everyone needs their moments. And, and it's, it's what relates your interest. If your character is always there, always being overshadowed, you're not going to have a lot of interest in your game and you're not going to yeah. have a lot of interest in your character. So before you open it up to just everyone doing everything, think about whether someone else could do it better. Not necessarily stop that person, but think, think about who else nearby might be the person to do that. And maybe gently nudge it that way. And if you're running a game with those kind of players, and it's a weird one-off or complex situation, or a Hail Mary, so to speak, make sure that when you call for a role, you do explain that this is a one-time call. And if they want to try that same thing in the future, it's likely to not work. You're likely to just say no, and they need to go and learn the damn skill if they want to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, always always keep your options open with that one. You don't want to get ruled down by it. But if you're facing a you know a, a, a TPK and they say, wait, but maybe I could do this. Yeah, yeah, we'll allow that. And if they're using the same thing to bargain with a trader to get you know paper at half a credit off later, no, no, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. That's how I feel. Like one time things. A lot of fun. Why not? Go for it. It makes for a memorable moment. But when the player is like, well, I did it last time. Yeah, that's because I was feeling generous last time. Yeah, I was, I was being nice. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, basically, uh, our advice is wing it. Like, like, take everything into account and wing it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Get yourself a D60. Those are always yeah. fun. <laughs> a D30 and a D60, you know? <laughs> all right. I think that's that's everything I have on it. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say about it. Thanks again, Douglas, for messaging us. This was this was good. This was fun to talk about. I was going to make it a quick answer, but the more I started thinking about it, the more I realized I had to say. Yeah. And uh, we we honestly really re enjoy answering any questions we have. Between us, we have easily <laughs> 60 to 70 years of just general gaming knowledge. 
And we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're happy to help in any way. So if anyone has any questions, feel free to get to us on any of the common routes and we'd be happy to, to answer it for you. Thanks again for listening. Bye. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, The Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.